Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's your daily dose of Donna. Welcome to the show. Thank you guys for joining me on this gorgeous, gorgeous. It's going to be sarcastic. Monday here in Los Angeles, we'll get into the weather report. Because did you know that on top of talking about Bravo, on top of hard-hitting subjects like Scientology, we also cover weather. And thank you guys so much for being here. I appreciate all of you for the lovely, lovely connections and messages on the weekend. I just, I love my fam. I love my podcast family over here. The reason why I started a couple minutes late is because, did you guys know that Los Angeles is in the middle of a severe, severe, like torrential storm? Um, LA is known for its 75 and sunny degree weather, but 75 degree and sunny weather. But today, Yesterday, it started yesterday. We knew we were getting a big storm. Last night in Sherman Oaks, not only did our roof start a tiny bit of a leak through one of the vents, thank God it's like very, very, very slow dripping. Um, but then we heard that there were so many mudslides in the area. Um, sure, I'm in Sherman Oaks. You guys know that, right? I've said that before. So I'm just south of the boulevard, but Ventura Boulevard is, was like a river last night. I saw it on TikTok. It's insane. I am definitely wearing my rain boots. They're actually on right now. Here you go. Here you go. There's a rain boot because I have to walk outside to come into my studio here. And my kids' school, they were canceled. So that is why I was late because I had to break up the argument of who's going to get computer time, you know, during my show. This is the work of a mother. You know, it just never ends. I'm telling you guys, my kids have been on screens because yesterday when it's rainy, it's like, what are you doing? Right. What are you doing? And I also want them to just chill, too, because I want to chill. So I want to watch TV and bake and whatever. Let them be on the screens like that's how we grew up. Right. My life was watching TV. I think I grew up with the TV as a third parent. Um, but Yeah. They need to go back to school after a long rainy weekend. We need them to go back to school. We have such a show today. There is so much to talk about. It is unreal. Obviously, we have a huge show because of the Grammys last night. We're going to talk about some interesting stories, some random news that I found online. Um, if you guys think of anything else that you want me to cover, shoot it in the comments. As always, uh, I this is a collaboration, and I love doing the show with you. That, to me, is part of the, the fun of it. So um, I'm having a great time with just kind of growing my community, which is growing like crazy. In the meantime, we've got two incredible sponsors for this week's podcast, and I'm going to start 
with BetterHelp. BetterHelp is, again, the sponsor of this week's podcast. Now, you guys know how important it is to work on your mental health in these days when things are just dreary. A lot of us are dealing with seasonal affective disorder. There's a lot of... um you know, breakups and relationship challenges in the air. There's a lot of career drama, economy issues, kids struggles, um, who knows what. So if I were you, I would consider going to BetterHelp. The reason why BetterHelp is great is because it's convenient, it's flexible, and you can do it from home. It's, you can get, uh, you know, you can figure out the perfect therapist by answering a questionnaire, which I'm a, I'm a questionnaire fan. I love it. It's like multiple choice. It brings me back to my high school days that, you know, fill in the bubble. And then you get chosen a therapist that fits exactly for you. Meaning you can choose a woman or a man. You can choose what age you want. You can choose what their specificities are, some things that they're doing in their, you know, world, uh, that they focus on that maybe you struggle with. Like maybe it's anxiety, depression, relationship struggles, body image, who knows what. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, you should give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. And then you can just find the therapist of your choosing, even if you don't like the one. It's like trade it in, get a new one. Keep trying a new one until you can. So become your own soulmate. Whether you're looking for one or not, visit betterhelp.com slash Donna. Donna today to get 10% off your first month. And remember that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Donna, D-A-N-A. So that is uh, that is the, a sponsor that I hold near and dear to my heart. Um, okay, let's get into the news. The news. Okay, did you guys see? We're definitely going to talk about the Grammys, so don't worry. But let's start with a piece of huge Real Housewives news that kind of popped off on the red carpet at the Grammys. Variety was interviewing Candy Burris, and she dropped a bomb on the red carpet, that she is no longer going to be on Real Housewives of Atlanta after 14 long seasons. Candy is the OG of Atlanta. She's one of them, at least. And she has been around for so long. She's given incredible television. She's definitely um, a housewife that will be missed. But I thought it was so interesting that she said that on her um, own time and not to Andy. And maybe Andy knew, but I have a feeling he didn't because he posted today on his stories or on his um, feed, he posted like a series of pictures of her and he was like, I love you, Candy. You know, it was a very nice kind of message, but I had a feeling that maybe he had no idea that was coming. She said a lot of things. She said it was partially because of the fact that she, um, you know, was... They were taking too long for cast decisions. I think to me, my guess is that it feels like we have jumped the shark in Atlanta. Um, just from what I know about the series and the numbers and the viewers, it's kind of like Potomac this this year is bad. And I find like, um, oh, he talked about it this morning. Thank you guys so much. So he did know, he explained this morning they were in talks for a long time. Interesting. So they, uh, yeah, I mean, he feels like, I, I feel like Atlanta, I did hear five seconds of Andy Cohen on my drive to my workout this morning. It airs at 7 a.m. here in Los Angeles. So I'm usually drive, dropping my kids off and running to my workout. Um, so when I was going over to my workout, I did hear him just mention 
he had probably just finished saying that he did hear about Candy. And he mentioned that, you know, Real Housewives of Atlanta is going through a, like a shift, basically. They're doing some sort of changes. They're working on it. They're figuring it out. And um, my guess is they really do need to do some big re reshifting now that Candy's gone. Um, maybe, you know, maybe we're going to have to kind of work uh, to work at like get some new blood. You know, some new blood. That just sounds bad. It sounds very like, um, you know, vampires. But I feel like we do need a little bit more of that. Yes, I could use that, Chris. Thank you. And um, and the truth is, the truth is that um, I feel like every one of these shows, it does hit a staleness, right? Think about sitcoms, right? After 10 years of Friends, it's like, okay, what next or whatever. So I think it actually works out that they're going to reshift it. Did you guys hear all these rumors about um, New York next season? I find this interesting. There was a big rumor all over Twitter in the last couple of weeks that they're going to completely redo New York so that they're going to bring together Luann, Dorinda, I believe Sonia, I can't remember. And then also Uba and Aaron and um, a few of the new, a few of the new Roni housewives and kind of like merge them. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't think anyone knows. I think everyone loves to jump on rumors, but um, you know, you know what they say about rumors when the rumors and the nastiness of your husband, it, it just makes an ass out of you and I. <laughs> So we'll see what happens. I would love to get Luann and Dorinda and Sonia and et cetera back on my screen. I find them incredibly watchable, fun, and all of that. So I would be open to seeing that. But that's interesting. We'll have to see what happens with Atlanta. All right. Um, this is kind of like a left turn, but I did see that there was a commercial. Who here still watches Jersey Shore? I personally am... Um, so open to rewatching Jersey Shore, like catching up because that was such a huge, just like moment in time for me, the Jersey Shore years, the Snooki and the Wows and the, you know, falling apart drunk on the shore and the Ron, Ron, Ron. How did she say it? Ron, Sammy, sweetheart. Ron, Ron. It's, it's so close to Shanyan. Shanyan and Ron. So um, Cavs here, GTL, it's the best, best show. But I stopped watching it, as we all do. You know, I was watching the Snooki and Wow stuff for a little bit, but I did stop watching it. Um, but Mike, the situation, he just came out with a, a memoir that I hear is incredible, and I'm actually going to buy it. I'm listening to um, Crystal Hefner's memoir right now. We'll do book club for Patreon if you guys are interested in listening to that. So... Um, so Mike, the situation has really cleaned up his life. He's had a very, very challenging years. He's, you know, many, we've talked about on the show, drugs and, uh, you know, alcohol, et cetera. He went to jail. So he is sober. He's living a really nice life. He's a father of two. He's married to, um, Lauren, his wife, and she may be pregnant with a third. I can't remember. And, um, it came out over the weekend that he has a ring camera in his like living room kitchen area or his dining room kitchen area, you know, just like a CCTV um, security camera. I think Monica from Real Housewives of Salt Lake City is probably watching it because did you guys know that Monica watches all of our cameras, I think? So, um, so she, uh, so while they were eating dinner, I guess they're eating gnocchi. 
And the two-year-old son, I think he's two, yeah, two or three, he starts eating a piece of gnocchi. Now, by the way, if you're a mother or a parent in any way, or if you just are a big sister brother and you've spent time around young kids, this is such a fear. The fear of choking is such a legitimate fear when you're a parent or when you're around kids. Um, Because I could do all the CPR training. I could read all the things about the Heimlich and the what the... But when you're in that moment, it's like fight or flight, right? It's like when God, I mean, this is kind of like depressing to talk about, but when my son almost drowned, when I was really, um, you know, I had a very, very young baby in my hand. He was six months old. And then my two and a half year old, almost three year old had taken off his floaties and just like jumped in the pool. Thank God there was other people around because I had the little baby in my hand. Like it was insane. So choking and drowning, right? Two horror, like nightmare situations. So he's eating a gnocchi and you see this all on the camera. And all of a sudden he, you you could hear that he was struggling and Mike jumps up so calmly, takes him out of his high chair or whatever, starts kind of pounding him on his back. He said on good morning America that he was nervous to pound him too hard because he didn't want it to lodge in more. Now, meanwhile, Lauren mother of the, like the calmest mother I've ever seen in my life. Cause I don't know how I would handle this. It looks like she calmly walks over to the kitchen opens a drawer. This is a straight up like advertisement for those life vac machines that I believe that's what it was. So goes in there, pulls out this machine. It's called the life vac. And then what you do is you take it, you put it in your mouth. You, I've seen these on like uh, commercials or whatever. And I think you just kind of like pull out like a syringe, you know, like when you're putting medicine in a syringe and it sucks out whatever it is, is lodged into your throat. I have no idea how she was able to do that so well. I, I've never seen anything like it. The baby's fine. The kid's fine. Everyone's okay. How scary, how anxiety provoking, and also how important is it for anyone that has young kids in their house to get a life back? And actually forget kids. One time I was sitting home alone. I will never forget this. So this is before Lance moved in with me. I was living in an apartment um, in 2000. And uh, it was my first time living alone because I had just, uh, whatever. That's a whole other story. And I'm eating an apple and peanut butter, my favorite snack. I'm watching some stupid reality show, probably Jersey Shore. (laughs) And all of a sudden, I'm chewing on this apple. And the skin of the apple gets so caught in my throat that I have a moment where, you know what you do? Like, you don't know what to do. You just stand there. I remember dropping the apple out of my hand. And just standing there like, and then in my mind, I'm envisioning, do I run out into the hallway and like pound on a neighbor's door um, to thank God everything was fine. But you start to kind of go through a moment where you're like, what actually will I do if God forbid something happens when you're alone? So the life back is good for uh, this company for existing. So we're all going to buy life backs and thinking Mike Sorrentino, the situation for that. I thought that was a very good, uh, you know, it was an important story here. It was an important story. Uh, what other stories do I have that are interesting? Oh, this is an interesting story. Brittany Cartwright, Jax's wife, Brittany, Jax, um, Brittany and Jax, owners of Jax's Studio City here in um, Studio City. Actually, I have to tell you guys something. This just reminded me. One of you, one of my faithful listeners, sent me a message saying that she went over, I think, 
Oh no, I don't want to, I don't want to say who she is, but anyway, she posted, I mean, she, she told us that she was going to Jax's. Okay. Anyway, she said that it was the night of the Vanderpump Rules premiere. And I guess after the premiere, they aired something on Bravo. I don't know if this was on everyone's Bravo or they posted it on it. So they, they, there was some sort of like, where are they now? Or like a look back at Vanderpump Rules type of episode. I'm sure you've seen it if you're, if you're a faithful watcher of all these things. And I guess they went back on the show to talk about the Jacks and the Britney and the cheating situation. The rotten hell. Rotten hell. Jacks. Do you guys remember that, right? A few seasons ago. Well, Britney and Jax were watching this. They were at the bar. It was the night of the Vanderpump Rules premiere, right? They're watching it. And all of a sudden, I guess, Britney, this is allegedly from someone who was there. Britney gets, she's drinking. She's pretty under the influence. She's drinking a lot. She gets highly emotional, starts to like get angry with Jax and storms out of Jax's. This is just last week on the 30th, the night of the premiere. So there are some um, open wounds that I don't think have been healed over there with Jax and Brittany. She still wants him to rot in hell. But Jax and Brittany, well, Brittany Cartwright, I should say, she used to be a um, a spokeswoman for Jenny Craig. I remember this. After she had her first kid, she was a ambassador for Jenny Craig. And I remember this so specifically because not only when she was um, talking about it and on commercials, but they came and scouted my house for a commercial. I've told you guys this story before. And they ended up because they wanted a kitchen that like looked a little bit like theirs, but I have a window where they don't. So they ended up not choosing it. But um, after the birth of their first son, Cruz, or their only son, Brittany lost 45 pounds and says the plan on Jenny Craig and says the plan empowered her to look and feel her best. Then she took some time out. Now she's back with the company as she hopes to maintain what she lost. So she's going back. She wants to um, keep herself in check. She loves interval training, indulges in chocolate lava cake as the Jenny Craig version is not bad for you, according to, you know, Brittany. And she thinks that fans will enjoy her new TV series called The Valley. Okay. So, you know, she wants to go back on Jenny Craig. Interesting. I think for the most part, uh, you know, a, a business is a business. That's that's really what it comes down to. Like, even if she wasn't looking to lose weight, if Jenny Craig came to her and said, hey, would you like to be our ambassador? It's a job, right? It's, it's all a job. But that reminds me, actually, because... You know, a lot of people out there are looking to, you know, lose some weight, right? And I think it's interesting. Uh, we all do our best, whether it's working out. For me, I'm a big exercise fan, but I definitely watch what I eat. I definitely take um, control over what I eat. But I think it's interesting that there's so many different brands out there that are helping people with weight loss. So I want to tell you about our second sponsor. The next part of our show is sponsored by Roe Body. So Roe provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. The Roe Body program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes because that's the key. So you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight a year on average and actually keep it off. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Roe to help them lose weight. Roe Body program members have support throughout the process. 
Um, Rose Partner handles all of the insurance paperwork to help get medication covered. And if eligible for medication, patients have access to their provider on demand for any questions. So you can sign up online from the comfort of your own home to learn more. So you don't have to schedule a doctor's appointment. You don't have to go into the doctor's office, especially in these crazy rains and no waiting room. Average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes, BMI, and other eligibility criteria. Apply, go to row.co slash Donna. That's row.co slash D-A-N-A, and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. So thank you, Rowbody, for uh, for uh, sponsoring the show. Okay, this is like a segue. I always try to like find a story that leads into another story that leads into another story that leads into another story. So we were at Vanderpump Rules. Remember, we were just talking about Vanderpump Rules. Tom Sandoval has a new girlfriend. Did we hear about that? You guys, Victoria Lee Robinson is her name. She used to date Leonardo DiCaprio. So she has got quite a uh, a roster. She's gorgeous, 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 gorgeous. She's a model. And she's been spending the nights in his L.A. home, the one he still shares with Ariana. In a shocking turn of events, Ariana still lives in that house. And... um. Yeah, they've been spending the nights together. She's cute. She is, uh, she's now private on her Instagram. I did notice because she has posted stuff of him on her Instagram stories. And so is he of them parting and they couldn't keep their hands off each other. But, um, but you know, it seems to me like they're living a nice little dating life. Here's what I'm going to say about that. Whether or not we like Tom Sandoval, Maybe she's into that. Maybe she's okay with that. Maybe she has girlfriends on the sides. Maybe she, or boyfriends on the side. Maybe she likes lightning bolts. Maybe she has tattoos of thunderclouds and it just works. You don't know. We don't know what's really going on in their house, but they are definitely dating um, officially for about a month, according to TMZ. It's not super serious. They're enjoying their time together. They look happy. Honestly, at this point, let them live their freaking lives. Ariana's doing her thing. Tom's doing his. And if he can find someone that enjoys her, then, you know, why not? Right? Why not? So uh, here's another segue. And this is a story that I thought was kind of crazy. I love the tips and the emails I get from you guys, whether it's over in my actual email. Um, some of you guys send Instagram DMs. Some of you guys send Patreon messages, but I get a lot of really good stuff. If you're sending me some like really good things, don't send it over Facebook Messenger. I know a lot of you guys try to send me things over Facebook Messenger, but I just do not. I really don't like prefer Facebook in any way. I prefer other forms of communication. But I'm going to read you guys an email that I got this weekend that I thought was interesting. I'm not going to obviously say who it's from because I don't know if it's anonymous or not, but I thought this was interesting. Hey, Donna, I'm sending you this because I thought you may want to cover it. Greg's wife, Greg, the co-owner of Schwartz and Sandy's. How many times have we talked about Greg on the show? If you've been listening since Scandal days, Greg Morris, I believe is his last name. He's the, you know, the big partner at Schwartz and Sandy's, the one that couldn't stand Tom Sandoval, the one that like was struggling so much to deal with them in the last season of Schwartz and Sandy's. And you know, he struggled more than ever, not Schwartz and Sandy's, a VPR, but you know, he struggled more than ever 
um, since this scandal has broken out because we've heard multiple times that Schwartz and Sandy's is not doing good. I mean, I live five minutes away from it, 10 minutes away from it. I have no interest in going. So I also don't go out often, but like, it's just, that's not someplace I think I'd want to go. Maybe I would have to go just to kind of make sure that it's still alive. One day I'll go for you guys. Okay. Check this out. Greg's wife. Get it? So this is going to be a little bit confusing. Greg's wife, her name is Jolene Lentz. Let me get it sure. Jolene, 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 Jolene Lentz. She's an actress, a comedian, a, a writer, and she has been on Vanderpump Rules. She was in the episode where they did the taste testing, the food testing. If you remember, Ariana was part of that um, food testing meal at Schwartz and Sandy's in season 10. Okay. Greg's wife, Jolene, was arrested for assault last night. I've been watching the live streams of the anti-Scientology protesters in LA for a few weeks now. Last night, they were streaming outside of the Blue Building, which is apparently right down the street from Schwartz and Sandy's. True. When a woman, that's Greg's wife, Jolene, assaulted one of the protesters, she pushed the protester and knocked her phone out of her hand. She was then arrested. Also, though I can't confirm it because I don't know the account of the person who filmed it, she apparently assaulted another protester a few weeks ago. The protesters were talking about it on stream last night. I don't know if Greg or his wife, um, is involved with Scientology or not, but the fact that she has definitely assaulted one protester and apparently assaulted another leaves me with a lot of questions. Okay. Then there's a lot of videos of what's going on that this person sent me, um, sent me TikTok accounts, sent me all kinds of stuff. And it says, I wanted to let you know about this since you're the only YouTuber I know that has covered both VPR and Scientology. I haven't seen any of the other Bravo YouTubers covering it. So maybe you can be the first. So I really appreciate uh, all those shout outs and thank you so much. So basically this is the deal. Two nights ago. Oh, you guys, by the way, I read this email, but this email came out on Saturday. It came to me on Saturday. So I'm pretty sure it came. Yeah, it came on February 3rd. So this happened February 2nd, okay? I was just reading the the article. I mean, the email. So this is what happened. I did some deep diving. I went down the TikTok rabbit hole. I went down the YouTube rabbit hole. And I'm sure I don't have all the details, but I did see the video of the assault. So there's this woman, I believe her name is, um, I just searched her, Mindy Willens. She is on TikTok. She's a very popular Squirrel Squad member. She goes and she protests like A.A. Ron did the other day when he got arrested. Um, Aaron Smith-Levin. A lot of these anti-Scientology or former Scientologists are protesting outside of the Scientology buildings, you know, in different locations here in Los Angeles, just to kind of deter new people from coming in. I mean, they're doing the Lord's work. It's not an easy job because like, it feels probably like you're protesting for nothing at the end of the day, because at the end of the day, I feel like these Scientologists control the universe and they control all the, the police, I feel like, too. But the truth is that, you know, they're still doing an amazing job. There's people like Streets. There's a woman named Aja. Aja? AJA. Anyway, lots of people. 
So they, if you guys are interested in this, you can watch them constantly. They're constantly live streaming on TikTok. They're constantly live streaming on YouTube. We can start a thread in the Facebook Daily Dose of Donna thread if you guys are interested in it. I am fascinated by Scientology for so long. I've always been fascinated, but two of my best, best, best friends who I actually had dinner with, they were sisters, they are sisters, um, who I dinner with just a couple weeks ago here in Los Angeles. I've known them since I was seven years old. They lived across the street from me. They have family members that are high-level Scientologist, and one of them became very, very involved with Scientology before she escaped it. So I am just so fascinated with these stories. Um, Okay, so basically, the night that this happened, it was Friday night, this woman, Mindy, she's standing there and she's filming and she's, you know, with signs, they're all filming everything that they do, all of these protesters. And I guess Jolene Lentz, 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 um possibly uh, by chance, who knows what, gets out of an Uber right there. And she's walking past all these protesters. So this woman that is protesting starts saying, you know, ma'am, this is not a music event. I guess Scientology, so the, this is all alleged, but I guess apparently Scientology, they do these events and they call it at as a you know a music event or a um, talent show or something like that. They try to lure in. This is just my thinking. They try to lure in a lot of like young Hollywood starlets, a lot of people that come here with maybe not a lot of money, not a lot of friends, no agent, no success, and they're like, "Come here, you'll get discovered." Tom Cruise did it. You know, you can do it too. And so um, they had this music event. And they're walking, she starts walking by. So Mindy starts saying, hey, ma'am, um, just so you know, this is not a real music event. You should be careful. You shouldn't come in here and da, da, da. And she was clearly walking, got dropped off and walking through to the Scientology building. It feels like that was what was happening. Now, remember, Schwartz and Sandy's, her husband's bar restaurant is a block away. So as she's walking through, as she's walking through um, and ask, being asked these questions, Jolene says, uh, I was actually just getting dropped off. My house is one block away and I was just getting dropped off here. And so the woman who's filming just starts asking, like just asking her more questions, but that's all she did. She just asked questions and it only lasted about 20 seconds. The video is up. And the Jolene woman all of a sudden just grabs her phone and just like all you see is that the hand goes towards the phone and then the phone goes down. So I don't know exactly what happened because the woman filming it didn't film herself, obviously, but Mindy is like yelling. She's like, help, she assaulted me. She assaulted me. She assaulted me. Now, meanwhile, there's tons of police officers just kind of around. There's all these police lines because of this big protest, I guess. I have no idea what was happening, but there's definitely police officers that are not only seeing it, but they're watching all of this go down. And this woman, Jolene, starts walking away. It's a very entitled kind of vibe, right? She starts walking away like, you know, don't, don't bother me. I'm walking away. And everyone's like, stop her. She just assaulted her. Stop her. Well, sure enough, police eventually stop her. This is hours of time, maybe 30 minutes. I don't know. Police finally stop her. And then Greg comes on over and he's there. They end up arresting Jolene and they end up taking her in. But my guess is that Greg and Jolene are Scientologists because this, and this is just my guess. This is not definite, but my guess is that Greg and Jolene are Scientologists and they open Schwartz and Sandy's with, which if you know where Schwartz and Sandy's is, it is very close. If not like down the street from the big celebrity center, it is like Scientology 101 area right now. I'm not saying that everything there is Scientology owned because there's like 
a great restaurant, Birds, and there is UC, is it UCB that's right there? Like there's so many great little restaurants and, and bars and stuff and, and stores, but I wouldn't be surprised. So I just find it real interesting. I find it really interesting and I would love to learn kind of more about it and, and read more about it. I just, I'm just very, very interested in, um, you know, the Scientology of it all. And if you guys are following me and you know that I love my VPR, I love my Bravo, I love Scientology and like what reality stars are part of this and why? I'm always just shocked beyond belief. Um, okay, let's keep talking, right? Um, so I think we got to talk about the Grammys last night. We got to talk about the Grammys. Okay, the Grammys were one of the best shows I have ever seen as a Grammys in since I can remember, like, I truly don't remember a Grammys that was so good from beginning to end. I wanted all of it. I wanted the red carpet, although I didn't really understand who the red carpet people were like half of the people on the red carpet. I literally had no idea who they were. Thank goodness. You know, that my son was around my 11 year old because he kind of knew most of them couldn't tell you who they were. Okay. But when I see Meryl Streep in the audience and Oprah, I'm like my people, my people. Now, I thought it was going to be just like the former Grammys every year. It's all these artists that I really don't know, all these, you know, crazy performances. It wasn't. You guys, it was so classy. It was so beautiful. It was filled with nostalgia. It was filled with beautiful, insanely good performances. It was filled with stars. Stars. Okay. So here are my thoughts about it. Oh my God. Mark wants to pitch the Real Housewives of Scientology. I would watch that in a heartbeat. It's like, put it on Hulu between the real wives uh, or the real lives of the Mormon wives and then going clear with the Scientology wives, right? Like, I feel like we could do a whole double header. It would be the best day of TV ever. Okay, back to the Grammys. So I'm not a red carpet um, I don't talk about fashion that often. I really don't because I don't find it like, to be 100% honest, I don't find it that interesting because I'm just not a fashion person at all. Like I don't, obviously, you know, you guys watch. I throw on whatever I have. Lots of it is Amazon. And today I look like a cheerleader. So, um, so I'm not like that big on fashion, but I do notice like when people look stunning, stunning or beautiful or classy or just like way off. I mean, so many women looked gorgeous last night. There was a lot of white, a lot of white Taylor Swift, Meryl Streep, Olivia Rodrigo, Kelly Clarkson. I'm sure other people were in white. I didn't see anything outfit wise that I thought was like, whoa, like what are you wearing? I thought for the most part, everyone looked phenomenal. Some of the standouts that I thought were um, from the show that I thought were insane. Okay. Mariah Carey. How perfect does Mariah Carey look. What has she done? What is she doing? She has not changed. She has not aged. She is a carbon copy of who she was, I feel like, 10 years ago. She looks phenomenal. And I also found out last night that Lance thinks she's quite a, quite a stunner. Quite a stunner. So she looked amazing. She came out and she gave an award to Miley Cyrus. Now, Miley Cyrus won this Grammy. She won a couple Grammys last night and she looked 
incredible. I will say her hair was wild. It was at first when I saw it, I was like, well, what are you doing? It was this kind of like bouffant 80s Jane Fonda lookalike type hair, which I was thrown by. And then I found myself loving. Like Miley is the most, um, Miley, Miley is like an enigma wrapped in country and cash because I can't decide how much I love Miley. But every time she performs and I see her do something, I think I love her more. But then I don't like her, but then I love her. So she, to me, looked unbelievable. Her body, I don't know what Miley's doing, but she is working out. You can tell she's strong. She's got muscles, like her legs. She's not just like skinny, right? She looks toned. She looks great. She looks fit. And she um, she sings like you wouldn't like like no one else, right? So she ends up winning a Grammy, has an adorable little speech. She's kind of out there. She's all over the place. She is so com- confident and comfortable on stage in with a mic. Both times that she won her award, I found like her like just telling these stupid stories and then just talking about things and saying she wasn't wearing underwear. Like I don't know. I find her interesting. I really loved watching her last night and her performance was so fun. And she really woke up the crowd because she was singing and she was like, don't act like you guys don't know the song. It's just confident. She's confident AF. And she was she was having fun and she was dancing. And then she goes, I just want my first Grammy while she was singing the song. Taylor, of course, Swift kept getting, you know, the camera was on Taylor a lot. Let's talk for a second. Um, hmm, do we leave the Taylor talk to the end or not? Let's leave it to the end. There is a lot about a lot of talk about Taylor. Taylor talk. Taylor talk coming right up. So a um, couple other things about the Grammys that I thought were amazing. You know, right off the bat, we saw the Tracy Chapman and Luke Combs performance of Fast Car, which brought me almost to my knees. I don't know what it was. I literally could not handle how emotional I got last night. I cried so often, so many times. Like what happened to me? I was so emotional over that Tracy Chapman performance. And then I read something that she released that song like 30 years ago, but now it's like hitting the billboard charts again. Can you imagine? Like Luke Combs did her such a solid by covering that song. And I thought it was such a beautiful performance. She sounds exactly the same, exactly the same. And Dylan, my 11 year old, you know, my music lover, he's not the biggest fan of that Luke Combs song because he doesn't know the original. But last night he was seeing it and then he saw like everyone dancing in the audience, especially Taylor. And he's like, I love this song. So now he's going to learn it on the ukulele. I thought it was beautiful, wonderful, amazing, amazing, amazing. Um, Let's see what else that like just pops into mind that I thought was really good. Um, I thought that, that the performances in general were incredible. Billie Eilish She's a, she's an oddball. Listen, she would probably call herself an oddball. She's awkward. She's kind of like out there. She's a little bit, she's definitely her own person. I watched her documentary that aired a couple years ago. Watch it. I don't know where it is now. Maybe on Amazon. It's like a three part, I think. It take it goes home with her and it films her a lot at home with her brother who she does everything with. And um, he's the piano player, obviously. And she... Um, and her parents. And like, she grew up here in Los Angeles, like in a small little house here in LA. It's just very similar to the way I grew up. I just loved, loved her story. And I loved her work ethic. I just love her. And that song, 
if you ever just like really want a song to like sit and think about who you are and what your purpose is in life and all of that, listen to that song. What was I made for? Which ended up winning so much. I mean, she just, her performance was so beautiful. I thought it was an incredible, incredible um, night at the Grammys for her. Um, let's see. Let's see what else. Oh, Andrew says, let's not forget the 90s Tracy Chapman hit, Gimme One Reason. How can you forget that song? Because it still airs every day on the radio. Like, if I still listen to terrestrial radio, I feel like, give me one reason to stay here and I'll turn myself around. I just thought it was so, um, that song, that song kind of bugs me. You know, kind of like walking on broken glass, right? Annie Lennox. I'm not going to say anything, but if you know, you know. Walking on broken glass. There's certain songs that we just grew up listening to over and over and over. Olivia Rodrigo had a beautiful performance. Apparently, that song that she sang was about her feud with Taylor. Who knows? Who cares? Taylor Swift danced. It was a big deal. It was a big deal that Taylor Swift was standing and dancing. You know, listen, they gave a lot of jokes about the fact that the NFL goes to Taylor all the time in all of their um, Sunday football games that Taylor's at for the Chiefs. And then, you know, Trevor Noah made a whole joke about it. But they shot Taylor five million times last night. Like, Taylor Swift equals ratings. Taylor Swift brings people to the show. I guarantee you. I mean, obviously, the Grammys were phenomenal anyway. But I guarantee you last night, the Grammys got the number one of any year that they've ever had, especially with her big announcement, which I thought was incredible. And um, we'll talk about that in just a moment. Like I said, I'm going to hold off on talking about um, Taylor for a bit. Of course, there was other great performances. There was Dua Lipa who did some really cool like jungle gym performance. <laughs> I forget what it's called. Like on that, you know, in that cage. Um, SZA, she performed. We had, um, we had, uh, uh, there was a lot. There was a lot of kind of cool performances, but nothing to me comes even close to Joni Mitchell. Joni Mitchell performing last night made me so emotional. Uh, I don't even know how to handle how beautiful that moment was. Joni Mitchell is 80 years old. She is such a, like a legend. Like she really feels when you watch her, she really feels like she's a legend, right? 80 years old, her first ever Grammy's performance. Like what in the world? She performed so beautifully. It was the song from the Love Actually movie. Like if you guys remember Love Actually, um, it's that one scene where, uh, oh, come on, Donna, don't do a brain fart now. Emma, Emma Watson, Emma Thomas, someone help me. Um, you know, she, she recognizes that her husband has been buying jewelry or something for someone else. And she goes into her room and she plays the song and she just sits there and cries over it. And so forever, Emma Thompson, so forever that song will just like get us in the heart. 
but you don't even have to know the song or the love actually reference because Dylan, I told you if you, or if you watch my Instagram, my, my son, he watched it and he was so taken aback and he was tearing up. He doesn't know Joni Mitchell. He has no idea anything about her other than the song circle game, which he just heard for the first time and he loves it and now can play it on the ukulele. But it was such an incredible experience to see her just kind of come out there and sing in such a beautiful, like powerful way from a chair right? There was no big performance. There was no anything like that. It was just sitting there and singing with all these gorgeous, amazing um, voices around her. It was so, um, it was so beautiful. It was so beautiful. I thought it was beautiful. I don't know why. Lance was emotional. I was emotional. I was like, what's wrong with us? And then of course we have Billy Joel who comes in and I don't know about you guys, but there's something about Billy Joel, who is my childhood. Like Billy Joel equals me in fourth grade, watching kids incorporated and seeing Ryan, that character on kids incorporated singing uptown girl. Honesty. Like Billy Joel's music is my childhood. I don't know how to explain it, but like Billy Joel and Neil Diamond bring me back to being a child. And I just think, He's so successful and he's so amazing and he's such a performer, but also the story. It's all about storytelling. Didn't you guys notice this? It's all about storytelling because then they had that songwriter who was nominated with him, 35-year-old dude who just was obsessed with Billy Joel, wanted to meet him, finally gets to meet him, sits down for a little quick lunch with him that Billy Joel was not interested in. And Billy Joel has not written new music in 30 years. Remember that. Why? Because he said he didn't like the way his voice sounded when he had to record new music. Is that not a moment, right? He is the moment where this is a moment where you realize you can be Billy Joel. You can be Billy freaking Joel and still not love the way you sound. Like all of these artists, celebrities, everyone, like we all have imposter syndrome. This is literally like the part, part of the gig. I just find it so interesting. Anyway, he sits down with this guy. Somehow they connect. This guy ends up getting him to write this next song and he performed it. He performed a new original song and it was so classic Billy Joel. And it was so amazing just seeing him play on the piano. And I'm like, they don't make him like this anymore. <laughs> That's literally what I wanted to say. They don't make it like this anymore. Uh I loved every second of it. I loved every second. Then, of course, they he performed again at the end of the night. Um, Friday night, I said, I'm sorry. Saturday, uh, I can't. To the party. Um, I can't remember the name of the song. But anyway, it was so good. And I hated that they made him play that, like, while all the celebrities were getting up and leaving. Like, it bothered me. I'm like, why would you play Billy Joel while everyone's leaving? Like, Billy Joel is what you come for. And then I said, I need to go and see Billy Joel in concert at some point before I die. Like, that's just got to happen before he dies, right? Okay, let's talk for a second about, um, and I'm sure I'm missing some things. Like, Fantasia performed incredibly. We're rolling, rolling, rolling on a river. Do, 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 up, do, do. Tina Turner. Oprah Winfrey. Oh, a lot of you guys were wondering why is Meryl Streep there? Meryl Streep is there because she is Grace Gummer's mom. Grace Gummer, her daughter, is married to Mark Ronson, an Emmy nominated, Grammy nominated winner. You know, he produced a lot of the songs for Barbie. He's a huge producer. So it was a really, um, 
cool thing to see Meryl Streep just as a fan. And then she's so funny. And when she did her, um, her, you know, speech or whatever, when they had to give out the award, which I'm still so confused. Is it record? Is it single? Is it song? Like, what is the difference? I love Meryl Streep though. And I'm watching only murders in the building season three right now. So she's like, so top of mind. Okay. Let's think what else. Oh, there was a beautiful moment. Did you notice it when the CEO of the Grammys spoke about Israel? He didn't say Israel. Notice that. But he did talk about the Nova Festival and all the hundreds of, of music fans who were, you know, ruthlessly murdered um, by terrorists, by the Hamas organization on October 7th, plus the many hostages. And they had Israeli and Palestinian um, musicians. I thought it was a great mo moment. It was a small miracle that we were able to have a moment to um, honor the people who had been, you know, brutally killed on that day and just enjoying some music at a festival like a Coachella. And then also the hostages who are still missing, still, in the, I mean, the hostages are still in Gaza, right? And no one uh, remembers them except Montana Tucker, right? Incredible woman, by the way. Look her up. She went to the, the awards last night with a huge yellow ribbon that says, bring them home. Like my heart, my heart, my heart. What a moment. She really walks the walk. Like that is a person who walks the walk. Okay. So I decided I'm changing my show to the daily uh, mazel of Donna for all of you people that hate the fact that I'm Jewish. <laughs> This is just the way it is because every time I talk about this, I get some hate. So I just find it interesting. Um, yeah, we're not talking about Annie Lennox. Annie Lennox can go walk in some broken glass. Anyway, um, okay, a couple other moments. Oprah, Fantasia, I talked about that. Jay-Z, he had a very interesting speech. By the way, Blue Ivy, his daughter, their daughter is beautiful. Beyonce, who was, uh, I heard from many people, was giving Karen Huger in the audience. Um, he definitely, Jay-Z, it's like, had to like shout out the fact that Beyonce has not won album of the year. Um, also, like, not okay. She should be winning album of the year, but for some reason it was giving Kanye from a few years back. Like, I'm just going to say something real quick or whatever. So I had a moment like that. Um, a lot of people really liked that moment that he was like standing up for his wife and whatever. I personally, look, I'm not one that likes to make people feel uncomfortable by choice at an award show. Like when you say stuff like that, it just makes people feel uncomfortable. It also takes away from the nominees of the album of the year. I, I'm not a huge fan. It's like it's giving a little bit. I, I do believe Beyonce should be nominated. I'm not taking that away from her, but I just don't love it. And like Beyonce is constantly going to be at the center of people getting up on stage talking about why she isn't winning or getting nominated. It feels interesting. Um, yeah. Andrew says B doesn't need these men talking for her. It's like, it's weird. Why does Kanye and Jay-Z like Beyonce is a powerhouse. Like she should talk for herself. Right. I do think it's interesting. And she has won a gazillion times. Um, okay. So Taylor, we have to talk Taylor. Um, Taylor Swift she won, you know, many times and she definitely broke a record last night. She broke the record winning four album of the years. Um, it's a huge, huge deal, right? Huge deal, huge win. 
And she, I mean, come on. I mean, you can't take that away from her. Taylor Swift has done nothing but break records left and right. She has completely like catapulted this music industry. I mean, she has a stronghold over everything and anything. She basically broke Instagram last night when she announced her new album on April 19th, The Tortured Poets Department, I believe it's called. I was like, Dead Poets Society? Oh, no, no, no. Tortured Poets Um. My 11-year-old screamed bloody murder like he was dying over it. Like, this is the this is her audience, right? Like, she has her audience, and they're huge. And I love Taylor. I wouldn't call myself a Swifty. I love Taylor Swift. I loved her concert. I love her music. Um, I thought it was an interesting announcement. She announced it in a moment where, number one, there was all these rumors swirling about Reputation, her old album that they thought she was going to re-release Reputation, Taylor's version. And it didn't happen. Everyone thought that that was going to happen. Now, she announced it at the Grammys, which to me, mm, I have to be very careful here because I know talking about Taylor Swift is very, very polarizing because I think it's possible. I just want you guys to believe this. I think it's possible to love someone, love their music, and really admire and appreciate who they are as like a musician and also say some things that they do are a little cringy and off. For example, um, announcing your album which is completely pulling all the attention towards you at the Grammys during your announcement speech to not your prime fans, right? Had she announced that on tour at the Eras tour, it would have been the best applause. People would have died, probably fainted and cried. At the Grammys, it was like, like people were just like, cool. It felt like a, like a, like a, (laughs) like it didn't go where I think she wanted it to go. Also, I did see a tweet last night, so I'm not going to take credit for this. I saw someone tweet, Taylor announcing her new album at her Grammys, um, you know, thank you speech is giving the proposal at the Golden Bachelor wedding special, right? (laughs) thought it was so good. It was like, uh, I don't know. I I just thought it was like, "Mm, let's like do this on your own time. Like do it in Tokyo. You're going to be there this weekend. Do it at the Super Bowl. Do it during Travis's time. Um, I felt it was awkward. It came off awkward. It just did. Um, And, you know, call me a Taylor hater, but I'm not. I'm definitely not a Taylor hater. I would have said this was awkward if anyone did it. If anyone did it, I would have said it was awkward. Um, Now, she was very obsessed with all the other singers, and she was very, like, they kept showing her. She was standing. She was dancing. Okay. This was the moment that I couldn't handle, and I really am struggling with this, and I hate to say it, but you don't know me from before Daily Dose of Donna, most of you. I love Celine Dion. I have seen Celine Dion in Vegas twice. Celine Dion, to me, is like, she is my mother. You know, you guys always call Taylor mother. No, Celine is mother to me, okay? I'll never forget when I went to see her live show at Caesars Palace in Las Vegas with my mom and my sister. And all of a sudden, the, the curtain goes up. The whisper in the morning. Tears. Okay, I became like a Taylor fan. Hysterical to Celine Dion. I don't know what it is about Celine Dion. The Power of Love, all of her songs. She has one French song. I'll let you guys know what it is later. I can't remember. That I used to I used to sing perfectly. Like I know all the words to her French music. I just love Celine Dion. She 
has sadly been diagnosed with this incurable stiff person disease. It sounds crazy, this disease. I'd never heard about it. It's very rare and it's incurable. And apparently it makes it very hard for her to perform and sing. And she walked out with her son, Renee, who I didn't know that was her son. He's 22 years old, her son. I feel like we just saw him born. Do you remember her son with the long hair? That was her son. She walks out, surprise appearance. I almost fell over. I was so happy to see her. She looks phenomenal. And she talks about getting album of the year 27 years ago from Sting and then, or Sting and Diana Ross or something. And then she announces the winner, Taylor Swift. So Taylor Swift comes up there, awkwardly pulling up Lana Del Rey, another one of the nominees. That was a little weird, I thought. I think she was doing it as a friend, but I thought it was a weird moment. She awkwardly pulls up Lana Del Rey. Of course, you know, Jack Antonoff and all her people come up. Great. Amazing. Taylor Swift is winning. This is huge. Big deal. Except for the fact. The way that she walks up there and grabs the Grammy from Celine Dion. Celine. Like this. Oh, my God. This is so amazing. As if Celine's not there. She grabs it from her, does not even give her eye contact, doesn't look at her, doesn't say thank you, doesn't hug her, doesn't anything. It's not like a lot of people are saying, oh my God, you know, maybe she was scared to hug her because of the the sickness, the diagnosis. Didn't even look at her. She literally grabbed it. I mean, I I need to keep the mic, but she grabbed it from her in a, like not even looking. Anyway, guys, I couldn't handle it. I couldn't handle it. And we saw it live. Lance goes, oh my God, did you notice that? I said, that that was not okay. That was not okay. Like it was really uncomfortable. And then the entire time she's doing her speech and she's talking and she even at one point looks at Celine because on the left here is all her producers and all her people. And to the right here is Trevor Noah. No, no, I'm sorry. Um, Celine Dion, Celine Dion's son. And then, you know, the Grammy girl, whoever kind of like you know, chaperones you off the stage. And she's standing there and she looks back at Celine Dion during her speech and then comes back and continues to talk about the fans or whatever. I said, oh my God, the only thing that, the only thing that can make up from this moment is if she looks at Celine Dion and says, and Celine. The fact that Celine Dion just gave me a, nothing. I mean, Miley Cyrus treated Mariah Carey like royalty. It, it, it really bugged. It really bugged. Now, then later afterwards, she did take pictures with Celine Dion. I'm sure Celine Dion is okay with her. I'm sure there's no beef, you guys. I don't think that there's any major problem here. But it was a bad vibe because I was so excited about Celine Dion. And I know Taylor was too. Taylor was standing up and singing when when Celine De- Dion came out. She was like, stand, she was excited. So I couldn't, I couldn't understand what was happening. It would be like getting a, it would be like Oprah giving you a reward and not award and not even looking at her. It felt like it was as if Craig Conover was giving me a pillow. And I just said, thanks. It really was odd. Now someone said Celine Taylor Swift has a, a publicist named tree pain. I know it sounds weird, but that really is her name. And someone said the devil works hard, but tree pain works harder because the picture that's getting blasted everywhere is Celine Dion and Taylor Swift hugging backstage. That's cool. That's fine. You do what you got to do. But it was, it made me feel bad for Celine, for Celine, forget me, Celine Dion. So anyway, everyone makes mistakes. We've all seen this before. I'm sure Taylor feels real bad about it. She had a huge night. 
Her album is definitely going to sell off the chart. Um, and I'm sure she's already in Tokyo. Like she's flying to Tokyo right now. We'll have to see what happens. Um, a lot of interesting comments. So if you guys are watching here on YouTube, make sure to watch the live chat to see all the comments that are coming in. Lots of pro and negatives um, about the night and about everything. I'm not going to talk about Housewives of Potomac, A, because it was boring again. And B, because we're at an hour and I try to not give you guys more than an hour, I'll, I'll cover it tomorrow. I love you guys. Dosers, you guys are amazing. I appreciate every single one of you, even the ones that don't like me and don't like <laughs> Jews. <laughs> Um, because, you know, somehow there's a reason for you too on this planet Earth. You guys, may you all have a beautiful, amazing Monday. Stay safe if you're in bad weather like I am. And I will see you guys tomorrow. Bye.